folks. We will be with you, and we are. Good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, and you know what that means. It's Triumph Tuesday. We talk about all the different themes that we've got going on, but I love Triumph Tuesday because no win is too small or too big. Good morning, everyone. This is Carol Sue, a.k.a. Naughty Boss, live from Vera Beach with two... This does, and good morning, everyone. My name is Janice, AKA Wellness Diva. And no, I have not had a chance to, um, been a crazy morning to take a shower. Yes, I did do my kickboxing virtually. And it's so funny, I always choose the, um, I saw Kristen, that was one of the first uh, classes that came up and I'm like, oh, Kristen, I love Kristen's classes. And it happened to be the class that I was in yesterday, so. I outdid myself again. <laughs> oh my God. So you were having a virtual kickboxing kind of with yourself almost. That's kind of cool. I kind of like that. Hey, before we get going this morning, yes. big shout outs to our big bro, AKA Bobo. A lot of people were asking me why I call him Bobo. Um, for those of you that can remember, there was a show, Bobo the Clown, and our brother absolutely loved that show. And, uh, yeah, so somehow he got the nick nickname Bobo. So happy 67th, holy wow, 67 birthday to our big bro, Fran, AKA Bobo, AKA Francis, Frank, whatever you want to call him, it's his birthday. So if you see him around on social media, whatever, give him a shout out. I know he's super busy because he is part of the Connecticut Ballet. Is it the Connecticut Ballet? I believe that's what it is. I think it's the Connecticut Ballet and they're yes. hearing the nutmeg they're gearing up for the nutmeg the nutcracker 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 you said nutmeg no no, no. nutmeg you know connecticut isn't that that's kind of the nutmeg know, state the nutmeg state so that's that's plausible i get it um but yeah so he's always uh i don't know how many years this has been he's been in the nutcracker absolutely loves it loves uh the you know just the music, the dancing, all that happy jazz. And he's very dedicated to his craft. Uh, obviously a figure skater, also uh, ballet, he's very athletic. So, uh, and he's got great stance. Don't you think Fran's got great stance? He does, um, he carries himself very well. And you know, Two Sisters started with, um, back way back when, the- April 24th-ish. Right but the significance of the numbers. So I just want to share with you um, the significance of some of Fran's numbers. I sent him a little video, happy birthday <laughs> kind of thing. And he was telling us on the Casella chit chat about, I think it was that, that board, about how when he would ask the young children that, he was, um, that were in his uh, skating classes how old they were. So <laughs> I said to him in, in the little video that I sent him, um, so 67, ha ha, six and seven is 13. So, you know, 13 or whatever. So he said, it's, he said, it's so funny that you um, said something about the number 13 because um, our mom would tell him at that time that he was one of 13 grandchildren. He has 26 medals and skating, and he was born on the 13th. So a lot of significance with, <coughs> excuse me, um, with 13th. And something that I didn't know 
And, you know, obviously we know that our brother is a national and world's figure skating gold medalist. I did not know that in his tenure that he had won 26 medals. Yeah, that I did know. I, I, that, I don't know how I knew that. And uh, again, I go back to the power of three, the number of three, what's divisible by three, where three is in there. And obviously he's born on October 13th. Uh, there's a three in that, obviously 26 medals, six divided by three, like, and you know, it's two and there's a two, like there's just all these significance with numbers, which is very important in our, you know, the way we live our lives. It's very important um, in our faith. The number three is very powerful in the universe. So he's got a lot of power, power numbers in his repertoire, I would say. Yes. Absolutely. So Triumph Tuesday. So I triumphed over cooking yesterday. <laughs> you got to hear the story. I love it. Go ahead. <laughs> so Gary, my husband, went <laughs> into the garden because, you know, there's still stuff in there and we haven't had an official freeze. So he and Uncle Billy wanted to make sure that anything that was, you know, that we get whatever we possibly could out of the garden. So he came back with this huge bag filled with peppers, peppers, peppers. By the way, if you have issues with, let's just say gas, peppers is not something you should eat a lot of. Oops. <laughs> and he, there was approximately, I think it was either eight or 10. I think it was eight, but there were two big eggplants and like two medium sides. So my task yesterday was to um, cook it all up and freeze it. <laughs> well, it was a good thing, like I said, as we chatted before we hopped on, I bought extra supplies. I bought an extra dozen of eggs, you know, gluten-free breadcrumbs, blah, blah, blah. You know, make sure that I would have enough because I'm like, this is a lot of eggplant. I better buy extra. So I cut up the two big <laughs> eggplants and began the procedure of dipping it in flour, dipping it in egg, dipping it in the breadcrumbs. And I did all that in uh, the air fryer. So I have like three different trays. Oy vey. Well, you know, and that's a lot of work. A lot of people say, okay, well, but imagine that. If you got these two like jumbo eggplants on steroids, a, it's a lot of cutting, which the cutting isn't, I think it's the drudging, the, me the, the mess, because then the egg gets all cloggy. Some people use milk instead of the egg for maybe a little bit healthier version. Um, I do like the way that the egg makes it really golden, but it's constantly, okay, I'm running out of egg, you know, crack another egg, you know, you're, you're dipping, you know, the, 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 the gooiness of the egg is getting everywhere. It's a total mess. And let me tell you, it was a mess. And that was close to two and a half hours with Holy. just two big eggplants. So I'm like, screw this. I'm, you know, I had like six more eggplants to go. I don't think so. <laughs> so I did wash them off real good. I chopped them, you know, very th as thin slice as I could have. That's the key to eggplant palm. A lot of people do not realize that. Keep right. Very thin. And then... Um, 
hermetically sealed them. Is that a, even a word? But you know, I don't. Uh, I can't, it, it rolled right off your tongue. I thought it sounded pretty good. <laughs> there I go. I'm making up words. Okay. But you know that uh, the food saving system, and I had two big bags of just cut eggplant, which I froze, and then two big bags of <laughs> the cut and cooked eggplant. So, and I was going to make chicken last night for dinner, and I'm like, I've been, I've been like basically cooking all day long, cutting up freaking eggplant all day long. I'm done. So I just did kind of like a pseudo eggplant parm. Um, I'm like, just threw it in the oven, little sauce over it, yeah. little cheese, done. And it's healthy and it's good for you. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you're eating eggplant, you're just chopping it up anyway. So what difference does it make? Right. So you know. it worked out very well. And right. Gary took uh, some eggplant with him and a roll so he can have an eggplant sandwich. Oh, one of my favorites. I love eggplant sandwiches or eggplant grinders. It's probably one of the one of the taste of New England I, I probably miss the most. It's a good grinder. For those of you that don't know what a grinder is, that is some people call it a sub. Or some a people call or a hoagie, which I've never got, I never, hoagie just sounds hokey. So I've never used the word hoagie. Uh, I know there are rolls specifically called hoagie rolls. Not my thing. I'm not, I'm not crazy about the roll, but I love a good grinder. I love a good Italian bread, nice hearty bread with some eggplant parm. And there are some great restaurants in New England that just do it perfect. I absolutely love it. And, and that's the key. Eggplant, there's nothing worse than a thick piece of almost undercooked eggplant parm. Throws me right off. The taste buds are not there. Not feeling it. One of the things that I, but hey, you triumphed over that. That was a big project. Cooking is a big project, especially when you're doing it in vast quantities as you did. So what did I triumph over? Um, you know, I, I had a tough week. You know, we, we, we frequently talk about, you know, what has been going on in our family's lives. We always talk, daddy's always very much a part of our podcast. He's a part of our lives every day, obviously when he was present and now where he's in heaven. So I had a, I, I had a tougher week with, I was so excited that we triumphed over getting all the podcasts done last week because that was huge for us to be consistent, concise, really dig down deep for that passion that we're, we want to always exude in our podcasts and our Facebook lives, helping people out with health, wellness, mindsets, where we are in this world. And I thought that would kind of carry me through the weekend and it did not. So I had a couple tough days, but thankfully Johnny, you know, just said, let's get up, move it. Like, and it was that little triumph of just him. And I wasn't too happy. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was not too happy that he was telling me to get up and let's go walk. And I just wanted to like stay in bed and just kind of curl up in a ball. And he, I really, really, are you going to spend the whole morning in bed? That's not like you. And I could have given him the argument, you know, I am in, in and actually I think I kind of did as we went back and forth about it. And I'm like, look at, you know, this is three weeks since, since, uh, you know, daddy's 
passed. It's two weeks since his funeral. Ironically, they both fall on the same day, a week apart. So that's always going to stay with us. And it's a lot to, you know, you have, we talk about that all the time. We have your good days, but I was having a really tough time. And so I was happy that I, you know, I had the assistance to triumph over getting out of bed. Cause I, I think if push came to shove, if he didn't say anything, I might've gave into that feeling, which I know we're allowed. We have to embrace grieving. We have to embrace feeling sad. We have to embrace those pookie days. But were we coming off such a good week that we accomplished so much and we have so much more to do between books and things that we want to set up. I just, you know, I really didn't want to get out of bed. So I'm patting myself on the back, uh, but I should be patting him on the back because it really was him pushing me into that direction. Just get your ass up. You can do this. And he, you know, he probably doesn't realize how simple really that was. And he was getting on my nerves because he's one, <laughs> he is one that wakes up. He wakes up typically an hour before I do, sometimes two hours, believe it or not, because I'm more of the night hawk and he goes to bed a little bit earlier. And by the time he realizes that I'm starting to stir, you know, and you can hear me kind of in, in the bedroom kind of getting up, he'll walk in. Okay. Are you ready to walk? Uh, you know, and all of a sudden he goes into this big conversation and I'm not one, especially if I have not done my three steps, which I do my three steps later. So I do have my three steps that carry me, but I do take capsules still first thing in the morning. And I'm like, and he's just jibber jabber, very, very chirpy, very articulate, very loud, very let's go. And I look at him, I'm like, I'm just waking up. So we actually talked about that. I think it was yesterday morning. And that was my complaint to him. I said, can you give me a few minutes so I get my head together? I've been telling you that for over 37 years. And some people just naturally wake up really happy, ready to go. I'm not one of those people. I freely admit it. I need, like, I need time to get my head together. I like to do my miracle morning now. Kind of like to get my head in a really good place before I actually even get out of bed. So... I have to come up with some strategies. So I'm going to ask the, our viewers and our audience that listen to our podcast, what do you do to kind of block that noise out? Do you like, hey, you, shutty, I'm busy. Or honey, I'm really busy right now. I'm trying to get my, you know, my morning together. Or really? How many times do I got to tell you? So I'm just curious how, how our viewers would handle that. How do you handle it? Well... I need to wake up and like, don't talk to me for at least five minutes. Yeah. I freely admit I am a little bit crabbier in the morning when I'm like, I need that couple of minutes just to get myself together. Now it's interesting because I typically, when I go to the studio, <laughs> I typically wake up before the alarm goes off, usually about 3.55 a.m. Um, my alarm is set for 401. I have everything set out so and I can boom. Oh yeah, I'm going to kickboxing. Boom, boom, boom. But I still have that time where, you know, I'm taking my capsules, you know, I do whatever I do. I make my shake, you know, grab my water out and then I go and, and I'm fine. But when I am home, such as this morning, 
and I decided to sleep a little later today and um, I got up at 5.01 a.m., which is kind of funny, <laughs> and just kind of relaxed for a few minutes and then Gary got up at six and then I think around 6.30, Johnny Ream <laughs> actually called Gary and they were Oh, like, Lord. And I'm like, oh my God, I had to walk out of the loft. Yeah, I think that should be the new norm. We should say when they get up, call each other so you have somebody to talk to. And then that would allow us time to get up. And I think that's what it is because I know, and I, I think it's the, 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 the distraction of the noise of the talking. Because obviously when you're talking to someone, you'd like to give them your undivided attention. You wanna absorb and listen to what they're saying and then communicate and have that dialogue. But if you are someone that kind of like, I, I just need, I, I need to get my head right. When you're by yourself, you are getting your head right on your own pace, on your own time, because you don't have that outside distraction of someone trying to converse with you and have dialogue with you when you're not prepared or not ready or just not in that right frame. So I, th I think that's the key difference is we have two men that are very chattery, number one and their chatterboxes in the AM. They just, they, they just get up and they just, they're kind of like the ever ready battery. Like they just, they're already wound up when they get up before they've done anything and they chat a lot. And I think we, we're not, we're the, not we're, I wouldn't say we're the opposite, but we just need that, that, that normal pace of, you know, getting that, the, the mind flowing, you know, what's going on in my day? Because, you, you know, women, I think, are more internal that way. They're preparing their day in their mind. What do you think? Well, I, I think so, because as women, obviously, we all take on the world um, in different forms and fashion. And we always have a lot on our plate, figuratively speaking. And I think that affords us the opportunity, okay, well, I got to do this, this, and this. And how am I going to get this done? Um, you know, I, for instance, I have some stuff on my <laughs> that I wrote on my to-do list, on uh, my calendar, um, stuff that I wasn't able to get done yesterday because I was overwhelmed with friggin' eggplant. Um, you know, such is life. So you you go forward and you do the best that you can do, and um, you know that's about it. Um, I just do want to um, address something before I forget because I did put, <clears throat> as I was making sure everything was up and running, um, I posed a question and it was more of a, um, an indirect way of saying what is going on here. So if you look under it, it says, who is running for the Senate? Question, question mark. Now, again, I just want to say, in reference to former Vice President Joe Biden, I'm really worried about him. I think something is cognitively wrong. I'm no expert, but there's something wrong there. So I'm just curious as to what people's, what our viewers, what our listeners' feelings are. Um, and and that, this is not to bash. This is not what I am talking about. I am not bashing him. I am saying that as a citizen, I don't care what party you're from, there 
is something cognitively wrong with former Vice President Joe Biden. Yeah, and also yesterday, I, I watched, uh, you know, clips of his rally and, and some, some reporters, I guess, when he was in Ohio and there was nobody there. And I think this one was in Arizona. And for me, um, it is concerning because, A, it's a big decision. We're talking about our Constitution. We're talking about running the free, you know, the greatest country of all time, the, you know, the free world. And you've got to have somebody there that can put in the time. I noticed a lot of his events seem to be during the day where Trump does, um, President Trump will do some at night, some during the day. He had a huge one in Sanford, Florida, guys. It was amazing. Uh, packed house, so much passion, so much excitement. And then you look at the same day, he also ran a rally and there was no enthusiasm. And the reason why I say there was no enthusiasm because there weren't people going. But then I guess he had a few people, I'm not really sure, but it, it, it appeared to be not many. But put all that piece aside, which is a big piece to, to campaigning and, and getting the people excited for the candidate that they're voting for. But it wasn't just the, the, the gaffe with him saying, you know, I'm a proud Democrat running for the Senate. It was some of his, terminology that is used in the past that a lot of people don't recognize and or remember because a lot of people weren't born or haven't done their due justice to do they're kind of their their own investigating on who they're voting for and he has a habit of saying some very i would say borderline racist comments and a lot of bigotry going on there for instance he referred to mitt romney as that you know you know, the Mormon. Well, he's also said the Jew before. He's also referred to the black before. That's a red flag for me when someone is referred to the, and whether it has to do with their nationality, their whatever faith they are, that, that's a problem for me. And I, I, I don't like that. The other piece to it is his just general flow. When someone is having cognitive cognitive issues from everything that I know and, and most families at some point or another might, might more than not have to deal with that type of a medical issue is the, the flow of the content of, the, of their dialogue where they, they're talking one thing and then they get confused and they make a reference to something else that might be but not, it's not really connected. Um, the other the other thing that was very frightening to me was an event that he had where he had to have his wife, Jill, actually come to the podium because the, whatever his speech, everything was over. And he literally just stood at the podium and he was blank like a deer in headlights. And his wife had to come over and, you know, obviously she embraced him. She kissed him tenderly. And he's like, he was startled that she was there and it almost like, kind of shook him out of the trance. He almost seemed like he was in a trance. And she, he says to her, oh, you know, hi. Like he didn't know she was even there. And then she's kind of guiding him, kind of get off the stage. Like she's the human cane, get off the stage. So she proceeds to walk. And he again looks straight ahead, deer in headlights. And you can hear her saying, Joe, like, 
come on. And then he finally, finally leaves the podium area. That's frightening to me because if you actually do your research and your due diligence and or if you have a, and I'd be interested if anyone has a family member that suffers from either dementia or Alzheimer or confusion like that. And I'm not saying, and we're not saying that that's what he suffers from because we're not medical professionals, we don't know. We're just going by what is present, what we see. That is a very scary moment for someone to kind of get lost in their thought that way. And you can, even someone that doesn't have issues with cognitive issues, I think we could all say at one time or another, you, you know, you were, you were about to say something and you're like, what the heck was I supposed to say? Or, you know, I wanted to tell you something. Shoot, I can't remember what it is. And you kind of get frustrated. Well, you amplify that if you really do have a serious illness and, he, and it appears that he does. Is he really, you know, can you in good conscience go to that voting booth and vote for him? Based on just that, put, put, put all the negative nastiness aside, even his policies that many of us still don't even know what they are, which that's scary when, and that was one of the things he said yesterday was, it was either yesterday or the day before, someone, a reporter must have, finally a reporter asked him maybe a harder question, which I don't think it's that hard, but it had to do with court packing. And he basically said, you know, I'm not telling voters, that's none of, basically none of their business. And I'm paraphrasing, that's not exactly how he worded it. You know, I'll let them know after the election. No, that's part of a, an important piece to maybe your policies and or your agenda that you're sending forth to the American people that American citizens have the right to know where you stand on certain things because they base where you stand or where you vision our country going, that's how they vote on you. That's how they come to that conclusion that you're the best person, you're the best candidate, you're the best person for the position. So I had a Democrat, uh, actually a couple of Democrats friends that will not come out publicly and really converse social media. That's just, just how they are. And they asked me, why do you spend so much time and energy trying to convince us to vote another way. And I'm like, I've never done that. I, I'm not here and we're not here to convince anyone to vote a certain way because ultimately we're not in control of who you vote for. But what we are able to do and with our platform is to share both candidates, to share both sides of what we see, to give our opinions. Also, obviously translate facts as we know them as they come in from new sources, which believe me, are not always reliable. We have to do our own due justice of what we're reporting. And that's why I think what is so significant is a lot of what we chat about is based on what the candidates are physically saying at events or from videos that they put out versus going directly to a news source. The only time we go to a news source, uh, you know, in particular was uh, Kamalia Harris when she chatted about uh, court packing again and she used the reference about Honest Abe, which was totally factually wrong. Correct. And it, it, right, and these are things that you, you can easily look up. So I, I put it to my Democratic friends, if you can honestly go in to that voting booth and with good conscience know that there is nothing medically wrong with him and be truly believe that his ideology and his agenda, whatever it is, because a lot of it we don't know, is truly good for our country, 
I can't stop you from voting that way. We can't stop you and nor would we try. We put out the information, ultimately it's up to you. But I, I look at it as there's, there will be a price to pay at some point. It would have some irreversible damage to, to this country. And as an independent voter, I do, I look at things more closely on both sides. That's why I ask the questions a lot to my Democratic friends. Tell me what you're passionate about. Tell me what you see in him that I don't. I'm open-minded for that dialogue. And yet they close the door on it. They either get very angry, they get nasty, and they go back to uh, really negative information or their opinions because they don't like President Trump's personality. I'm not asking, I'm not asking you to like President Trump. I'm not even asking you about President Trump. I'm asking you about your own candidate that you say you want to vote for, that you think is the best for our country. Tell me why. Tell me what excites you about him. Tell me what there's no way that he can achieve something that President Trump has not done and cannot do. And I never get anywhere. So I think what people on this Triumph Tuesday need to do is have that triumphant moment to really say, you know what? And it's not a question of changing someone's mind because ultimately you can't do that. You have to respect what everyone's going to vote. But at some point you have to kind of scratch the old head and say, a lot of people are saying this or this. Don't even believe what people say. Don't even believe what we talk about. Look at the videos yourself. Look at his own speech pattern. Look at when he's asked questions, which are not usually softballs. A few times you get maybe a, a little harder ball, but most of the time they are softball, softball questions. And see how he answers them. And then if you can look in the mirror and say, you know what? He's got my vote. And you could really look in the mirror and say, I love this about him. I love that about him. I love this. He's going to do this. And it, he, his his presence excites me about our future because why? If you can answer those things, then vote for him. We're not here to tell you not to vote for him, but I've yet to see one Democrat family member, personal friend, business acquaintance that has really shown me or enlightened me any differently than I already have seen. I don't know about you, if, if you've had a lot of those conversations with people, I have. Um, somewhat, um, for instance, I had um, an ILKB friend um, and again, I'm not going to mention names. Um, lovely, lovely person. And she posted the other day um, how excited that she was that she ca cast her, um, and I believe it was a male, male in ballot. Uh, not that I agree with that or don't agree with that. She's a Democrat. But her enthusiasm and sharing how excited she was to vote in this election was transparent and i just thought well good for you i mean you know and i still have to comment on her post i haven't done that yet but this is a person that voted democratic and <laughs> i think that was perfect the way she did that like i was excited to see that for her so and somebody said to me recently you know oh i caught a glimpse of you know the two sisters video my oh, you're 
chatting about some, you know, some issues there. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Because there's a lot at stake for everyone. <laughs> so what is your enthusiasm? Like, I loved seeing her enthusiasm. Another friend of mine, I love, she's Republican. I love her enthusiasm with what she shares. What are you enthusiastic about? This person, the Democrat, excited to vote, early voting, mail-in ballot, or maybe it was absentee, I'm not exactly sure. And then my Republican friend, <laughs> excited to as to what's going on with the Republican Party, the different um, agendas and things that President Trump has going forward. So the question today, and why are you excited about your candidate? I really would love to hear what people's comments and questions or whatever is about it. Would love to hear from you. So on that note, Triumph Tuesday, <coughs> my name is Janice Melillo, AKA Wellness Diva on that heart rate monitor, Triumph Tuesday, along with two Sisters, and this is Carol Sue Ream, aka Nani Boss, live from Vero Beach. I'm about to go get my Triumph in the pool today with my new weights that I've been using. Still working these arms. That's my problem area. I like to triumph over these. I just suck the fat out and just get them really toned. But that's not happening because everyone knows I hate needles. Anywho, what are you going to triumph about today? Triumph over something. It could be something small, something big, something middle. It doesn't matter. Just do something that you could say, yes, I did it. And then you can share with us next Tuesday. So we're so excited about that. Whatever you do, whatever you chat about, whoever you come across, leave your imprint of kindness and living by the golden rules. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great day. And final thought, happy birthday, Bobo. We love you, friend. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.